This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za. And today we're talking about elephants. And if we're talking about elephants, you know we're going to be chatting to Alma Pollard. She's the executive director at The Green Time. She's a coach. She's an eco-consultant. And she uses a good old landline with a twirly-whirly cord. Good morning to you, Alma. Good morning, yes. I'm sitting on my cord here. <laughs> so funny. I remember, Alma, when I was younger and I wanted to make a phone call, you know, and chat to my friends. And there was you know, no cordless phone or anything. So yes. we had this very long five-meter adaptive wire that you buy. And it was that three-prong. Do you remember that when you used to pull that out of the wall? Yes. It had those like three little prongs. Put in the extension. Yeah, it down the passage and yes. into your door and shut the door. Exactly. Under the door the so it doesn't get damaged. Passage, you remember, you used to stand and speak. That's so funny. And everybody had a telephone table, you know, then you'd have a little place yes, and yes, it had I that remember. roller decks. Yeah, exactly. Big, thick books in this little door that you'd open, Holly. And then we'd sit on the phone for hours and that crazy time how the world has changed. But Alma helps us to keep it real and keep it radiation free. Alma, taking to the elephants this morning and... Um, we spoke about fracking years ago, and we shared the news to say, yes, it looks like they're not going to be fracking in the Karoo. That's a victory. Now we're seeing fracking again in a headline. Absolutely. And, I mean, if you if you can touch a more sacred place, I mean, you know, the Okavango swamps, I mean, what is more typical to to the southern parts of Africa? I mean, is that not absolutely iconic? And here we know this is also a place that serves 200,000 people who live there, five ethnic groups yeah. who rely on the water and the fishing, the wild plant food and the, and the farming and the tourism, which is the main attraction up there. And the San people mm. who have these fantastic um, 4,500 um, rock paintings. They call it the Louvre of, of, of the desert. All of these things are, are at stake because they want to do fracking just upstream from that. Yeah. So this is a Canadian company, Recon Africa, want to explore for petroleum reservoirs. Mm. That means oil and gas. Um, and they've been given the, the go-ahead by the Namibian and, and Botswana governments. Yeah. And of course, the Namibian government owns 10% of of Recon, if they've got shares in there. Mm. So um, we understand the intention is to bring in revenue to those areas where it's obviously needed. However, the type of um, oil and gas reserves that they are ex- exploring to find, and apparently the chances are very good that they will find it, as soon as they find then sufficient um, deposits, then they have the go-ahead for 25 years. Wow. And we're looking at vast numbers. They are expecting to find um, 120 barrels of oil and 120 billion barrels of oil. And if you compare that with the biggest oil find so far, which was in Saudi Arabia, it was 88 to 104 billion barrels. So this is a massive, massive thing. And yeah... It is seriously threatening all those animals. We know about the migrations. The biggest, um, last elephant troop in the world migrates along there. They need to do all of that. 
the water will be contaminated, the people will be contaminated, because we know how fracking works. Mm. It's an injection of chemical water, number one, using up very precious water resources. It's very dry up there. They are really battling from climate change. And so more, more water goes into drilling now, yes. pumping into the, you know, under the ground, the specific rocks that are there. Um, and it's just completely an insane idea. Nobody understands how the government has not looked at the bigger consequences to the area as a whole. Mm. Elmer, when you, when you share this, I can hear in your voice. I mean, we're hearing the facts which make us go, wow, but we can hear in your voice. It sounds like pain, you know, because we, we, we know that the economies need to grow, but we also know fossil fuels cannot possibly be the way of the future. And here we see people moving in, and I can even just see the trucks and driving over things, and it's the biodiversity affected, and that has a knock-on effect. I mean, we've spent enough time with you to know that there are going to be literally billions of oil coming out here and um, somebody's going to make a lot of money. But what is going to happen to the mess? A few people, not the locals. Yeah. They always promise people that it doesn't work out like that. We're talking road networks, truck traffic, Mm. pipelines, wells, hundreds of wells all over the place. Now, who's going to go to the Okavongo to go and see oil wells? They will have no more tourism because they're going to kill the animals. So how is that possibly a clever plan? Yeah, wh- what does one even say in the face of this? You know, we need to move the world forward, but we also know this is not the way to do it, but yet it's happening. And so w- what, can, what can be done? I mean, uh, you know, you, you see these things in movies, you know, in documentaries, yeah. people forming human chains, not letting the bulldozers through. Yep. But I mean, yep. in, and, and then at the end, the good guys win. Well, I mean, good guys is not a good guy, bad guy, but those who are defending the environment win. But in real life, I mean, what, what, what do you expect to see happen? Yeah, a lot of environmentalists lose their lives in the process, too. Mm. You just have to understand it's a high cost. But we do sometimes win. Oh. And, and this is really something, as far as I'm concerned, to absolutely fight for. So I would say it's always about education, and I am convinced that whoever is, has um, granted these rights was just not properly educated. I mean, did not think of the consequences, did not understand fracking properly, ill-advised. Even the environmental impact assessments were not properly done. The environmental impact assessment did not even take into account the cost of water. Mm. Can you imagine that wasn't even in there? So you understand that people... Um, the client pays the environmental impact assessment um, um, agent who, who does this. So it's always been an issue. It's never really properly done. So I say go through the story, click on all the clickable links because we have to educate ourselves. We have to know what we're speaking about completely. Um, at the end, you can also click at um, where we got the story from. And that is the Conservation Action Trust. There's some actions there that you can do. We can share this via all our social media platforms with a personal note as to why it's important. Most people have been to the Okavango swamps. Actually, it's a lifelong dream that I haven't realized yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I cannot see it going down now. But the point is that, you know, this place it is it's so ironic because the specific rocks in which the oil and gas is supposed to be comes from the Permian period, mm. and the Permian period ended with a cataclysmic end during the biggest extinction event on the planet ever, 
when 90 to 95% of all sea and 70% of all land organisms died. And so this type of thing will just push us closer to the same thing, and we have to fight for for our children and, and for the future of mankind here. Yeah, and the story is on thegreentimes.co.za. It's called Fragments Africa's Last Elephant Stronghold. And the links, as uh, Elmer's mentioned, is all there. And I'd like to end with just reading this last paragraph that uh, Andreas Wilson-Spath wrote in the story for Conservation Action Trust. It's called A Shortcut to Extinction. It's, she writes, Digging up and burning oil from these strata will push us even closer to a new global mass extinction. In its myopic vision, all recon Africa sees in the northern Kalahari is money buried underground. At a time when the world's few remaining wild places need all of the protection that we can muster, when biodiversity is declining rapidly and global heating is wrecking the world, it's this kind of vision that undermines the very foundations of our existence. Andreas writes, If we believe in restorative social and environmental justice, we ought to insist that the international fossil fuel industry finds Namibia and Botswana to keep the oil in the ground, to develop renewable energy systems instead, and to safeguard their irreplaceable ecosystems. That's the final paragraph from Andrea's story, and you can find well, it on that the is Green the plan. Times. Instead of funding digging up, they must fund keeping it in, mm. so that the government can afford to look after their resources and their wildlife, and rather erect um, renewable energy. Alma Pollock, thank you. And the story can be read, and we look forward to hearing what might happen in the months ahead as we keep an eye on uh, thegreentimes.co.za. Alma, thanks for bringing us stories. We'll see nowhere else. And uh, thanks for making it easy for us to stay up to date with what's happening in your side of the industry. Super. Have an awesome day. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 729 AM. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za